Welcome to Side Order, that little bit of seconds that you always crave. I'm Matt, and with me is the main man, the main host, the man that knows everything. It's Dave. <laughs> Hello, it is me, Dave. Thank you for that very prestigious title. I don't feel like it's justified, but thank you anyway. Well, you know, I've, I've put it out there now, so it's fact, because I don't <laughs> tell porcupies. Uh, okay. You know, it's been about two months or since we've actually done a record because it's taken you that long to get your computer set up and ready. So I have a vast amount of things that I've played, I have watched, I have consumed that I want to run through. But I also have a couple of talking points for you, which has a visual element. And I know you always like visual elements. Do you know what? I've got the very same thing to send you as well. I've got some different stuff to send you as well. So let's let's run through what you've been doing, and then we'll go into the main talkie points. Okay then. Well, first and foremost, I've played a fair few video games. Since okay. we have last spoke, cool. I started and finished Uncharted Lost Legacy. I played a fair bit of online of Zombie Army 4 with yourself. I've put another 10 hours into Two Point Hospital. I've probably put about 20 hours into PC Building Simulator because, you know, PC components are really expensive at the moment. Fucking scalpers. So I need to simulate that buying and building experience. I've also started and finished Guardians of the Galaxy, which is superb. Also started... Can of Bridge of Spirits, which is a very chill game. I play that just to relax because it's got a nice, peaceful vibe to it. And I've also started playing Metroid 2 Samus Returns, which is the 3DS remake of the old Game Boy game that I used to play a lot in the 90s and never finished then, so I'm curious if I can finish that now. From that list of many, many video games I've been playing this month, because I know you've only been playing Cat Girl Simulator 69, <laughs> um, of those games I've, I've brought up, are there any that you, you, that pique your interest that you'd like me to elaborate more on? Or or are we just going to listen to you to, to, you, to you fawning and dribbling and, and offering a saucer of milk to your cat girls? Hey, 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 it's Cat Girl Simulator 69420, thank you very much. Get oh, it right. Oh, sorry, I did... Didn't realise you'd brought the DLC. <laughs> this PC building simulator, is it literally what it says on the tin? I'm assuming. You, you build yes. a computer in a virtual space. Um, why? Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, you have a shop, you open your shop, and then you get emails through from people either wanting their PCs fixed, so you have to troubleshoot their PC. Or you get emails from people wanting to buy a PC within a certain budget, and then you just do it. And there are like um, levels for experience and stuff, and I'm I'm just quite enjoying it. Again, it's a game that I play because it's quite chill. You know, it takes your mind off everything else. You're just going, oh, this person wants such and such, and I can do that. But there is another mode um, that's available where it has you going out to different shops to do repairs and that, which I haven't tried just yet. But no, I'm enjoying it. It's just it just feeds that compulsion. It sounds a lot like PC World Curry's the simulator. Uh, <laughs> it's much nicer than that. You don't get all the standing around, nor do you get people wandering over going, "Can I help you?" True, very very true. Oh no, that's that's cool. You seem to be getting into quite a lot of um simulation games recently which is um quite different i wouldn't have thought that's the sort of thing that you would have um gone for to be honest i, I think what it is is that i had been a sweaty console boy for about 20 years and now that i'm i've got a pc and i'm able to experience the full unbridled power of the steam yeah i've been snorting so much steam i've just wanted to experience as much as possible that i haven't been able to play and you know i'm just all in on it. Like I haven't totally given up on a console because Guardians of the Galaxy and Keen are on or I've played from the PS4, as was Uncharted Lost Legacy, which are very much more my kind yeah. of feel. But even hell, sitting down breaking open the old three DS and playing some Metroid Two, that that's quite fun. Though I don't like that I've got to do quick time counters. Is that an oh, enemy really? will run at you and you have to press like a, a counter button at the right moment, otherwise it twats you. 
and I oh. suck at that on the Game Boy because what the way I'm holding this thing in my hand, you know, it's like a like a really long like um, Subway sandwich, yeah. You know, yeah. so call it a foot long, and then the, the actual face buttons, these four little buttons, these tiny little buttons, and I'm like balancing this thing in my hand, and I have to press like what I would call the triangle button, so the button at the top to to perform this counter, even though my shoot and jump buttons are the bottom buttons, and I struggle like how to move my thumb up without dropping the the bloody device to dodge. Been able to alleviate that by to a degree by getting the freeze beam. So I just yep. spam the freeze attack button constantly, um, which isn't the most time efficient method. However, it does stop me from getting hit. That's fair. I always I could never get on with the DS purely because it's got that handheld screen on it with the two screens. I could never. It was a really awkward thing to kind of uh, excuse me, kind of get my head around, uh, especially when you were. When you played, oh god, what was the name of that Metroid game, the first person one, on the Prime? Yeah, no, no, it wasn't Prime. Echoes. A... Echoes. Prime Echoes. Prime Echoes sounds about right. Yeah, you you use the touch screen as basically your looking controls, so like what you would configure to a right stick on a console or a controller, and then you kind of use the D pad to like strafe and move it was always it was mm. always really awkward and and then you had the other buttons as well would actually do stuff like your your buttons on the right hand side of it along with your shoulder but i could never get on with it it's um yeah well fortunately for me in this the touchscreen element is more for navigating your map oh that's good then that's good thank christ because if i actually had to do touchscreen stuff whilst running it I wouldn't be able to play the game um, like my hands are just too cumbersome for that it's yeah. just not for me I, I kind of want one or other I'd either want to go full touch screen or I'd want buttons only uh, mm. one or the other for me I, I think seems to be a thing and you'll be glad to hear that I'm playing it in 2D mode because I can't tolerate 3D <laughs> on that at all it, it, it's horrendous makes my eyes bleed within about five seconds um just can't I, I was gonna say i think i've only ever played a 3ds once or maybe twice when they used to have them out in, in like the pods in the shops and i tried to 3d on them then and it was just really underwhelming and yeah even i felt even with my obviously amazing vision ha 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 uh it always made me feel like really sick and yeah it, the technology's there, it needs refining, but refining properly if you're gonna do it. Or just don't do it. Or just don't do it. Alternatively, there is there it, is it's that. A, it's a gimmick. I don't need it. I mean that's why they have a switch now, so Yeah. Yeah, I'll let them focus on their newest gimmick. That's 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 fine. But no, so so in all fairness other than have you any exclusive been playing Cat Girl Simulator um 69 with the full 20 DLC. <laughs> That's basically all I've been playing this month. I've sunk many, many hours into uh, Code Vein this month. I'm on the very last boss now, and it is kicking my ass repeatedly. Literally, before we started recording, I was like, right, I'm going to go grind, and yeah. So, uh, did you just say it's kicking your ass? It's kicking my ass. It is. So I've gone to the grinding. I've gone and done the majority of the side missions now. I've got a couple more dungeons to do, I think. And then hopefully I will have then gained enough get good skills to to take out the, the final, final boss. Because I think we spoke about it before. It, you go into the boss, it took me two hours to beat the boss. I was like, yes! I finished it. And then in typical style it evolved into second stage and I went you're fucking kidding me and I can't get past the second stage it's video game logic mate and it's a JRPG every boss three phases well luckily there's only two in this one you may even find there's another boss after that boss and it was just a sub boss leading up to the main super secret boss who's probably your friend all along Ah, ah, now I've looked it up. This is the last form, so I definitely know it's the oh. last boss. Hundred percent. I looked it up. I was like, I don't want to go through this again. 
Oh, so yeah. you use the internet to cheat. So your character's level 69, but you need to actually bump them up to 420. Is that what you, you're telling me? <laughs> um, I'm currently level 161. I yeah, don't got a long way to go is. then. Yeah, I don't know what the cap is, but yeah. Uh, in all fairness, I would assume that if there's a cap, it must be at 200. That's what I'm hoping, but I yeah. don't know. Or it I could, don't could be... Even could be one of those games where there isn't a cap and your stats will just forever go onwards because some folk just exist in these games don't they they yeah they they really really do uh along with that i did play a little bit of dino crisis 2 earlier in the month just solely to try and get this playstation emulator working again and it does work <laughs> it does work because of all the emulation issues we've had previously, it's the only reason I've been trying to make this this thing work is for the podcast, and it does work. I've now got a problem where it's now deleting stuff randomly. That's something else completely different. I think is a case of I need a new memory card. So I've I finally got a PlayStation esque controller to work on the emulator, so we can now play episode play games. Where you have both shoulder buttons, um, like I say, I was testing it with Dino Crisis Two. That's still fun. Twenty years later, so much fun. Oh yeah, definitely. Like I, lo- I love that. Just running around is dealing with a shotgun that for some reason holds two hundred shells. <laughs> uh, yeah. And your side weapon throws up a flame wall in front of you. Like, yeah. come on, that's just amazing tech. And who and knew? The- Ideal for fighting velociraptors. And the goddamn. Uh- the bit I completely, completely, there were two bits I completely forgot about when I was playing it. It's the bit on the boat, uh, where, where you're it's on the, the on rail section. Yeah, where you're on the tonic. Completely forgot about that. It came out of the blue. I was like, oh, we're doing this now. Okay, yeah. that makes sense given the kind of the action. You can get a stupidly high combo on that section, like a 200 plus hit. Yeah, combo. Oh yes, <laughs> um, amazing. Especially if you've got the the gold or the silver credit card equipped there for the multiplier. Yeah, yeah, you need that to get the upgrades because then the next section, I imagine, it's got to be the underwater section. Everyone forgets about that yeah, because it's painful. I, yeah, I completely forgot about the underwater section as well. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, didn't have a good time with that. Thought last week, oh, I'll go back to it, and for whatever reason, my save has been wiped from the memory card. So that's good. Thanks, emulation. <laughs> buy cheap, buy twice. You know, yeah, exactly. I don't know. I don't know why it's doing it. I'm gonna refine well, it so we can record with it. I mean, we can record not, with it now, if, but yeah, I'd say if not, you just have to come here and put in my original PS1 disc version of Dino Crisis Two very true, into my very PS3. True. Very true. Like I say, I was making good time at it. I think I got to the water bit in about two hours or so, and I can't imagine there's much more after that. I think it's about halfway, isn't it, right? Uh, underwater bit, that's probably under just over two-thirds of the way. Yeah, so I did that in about two hours, like I say. I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, obviously, you can do no. it in like an hour and a half because you're like pro gamer speed strats. I certainly could at the time. I even remembered where most of the actual hidden dino files were. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I beat that game so many times through, it's ingrained in my memory. Again, <laughs> playing that game now is more like therapy than a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> true. Very, very true. Well, there we are. Well, shall we now take a little break and I'll give you a visual element and then we'll then we'll circuit back to tell you to talk about movies and TV shows and other things we've consumed. Yes, yes, let's let's do that. Yeah. So while they're while we're talking uh, video games, I'm going to send you this because this is a nice. Uh... I'm not seeing. Ah, oh, here we go. I don't know if you've seen this, but I've had this uh, loaded up on my phone, thinking I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this for the next side order. I'm going to show Matt. He won't have seen this. So what I have sent to you. Because I know you said previously about wanting to try some fan games. And oh such yes. Like. What I've sent you here is a link to a trailer 
for a Resident Evil Gaiden fan remake using the classic RE2 engine. It's a weapon. It's really powerful, especially against living things. Better take it with you. But how about you, Barry? I have this. Barry Burden. Yeah, so essentially they've taken Resident Evil Gaiden, which originally came out in the Game Boy Color, and they've used the assets from the original trilogy on PS1 to build it from ground up. Well, that's what they're doing. Oh, this looks cool. I'm up for that. Yeah, because what I was saying to Dave, um, I've just sort of skipped through the trailer. What I was saying to Dave recently is new good Resident Evil games are few and far between, and I don't get classic ones anymore. I kind of want to delve into fan games or fan inspired games just to get that extra dosage of classic survival horror back into my system because every six months or so I go through massive withdrawal systems and I need to have a massive intake to, just to bring me back up to speed again oh this this looks cool I have to um, you'll have to follow their twitter and let me know when they drop a demo or a file so I can download those before the cease and desist commence I will 100% so for people who are not uh, familiar with Resident Evil Gaiden Resident Evil Gaiden or Gaiden if you want to you know change your pronunciation about this it's a series yeah, if you want to pronounce it differently yeah fucking that's hell that's alright yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, except it's not that's okay <laughs> uh, it's a Game Boy Color Resident Evil game that appeared on the console back in 2001 memory serves it was a top down 2D explorer and Ish. whenever you went in whenever you went into fights it would do the only way to describe it is the enemies would slowly move towards you wouldn't they yep when you move to combat it turns into a very janky first person view on your Game Boy Color so you're looking at enemies getting larger on the screen approaching you and you have like a random cursor that moves across the screen so when it's over the enemy you have to attack the attack button and then it will fire whatever weapon is you have selected. So I had that game. And I played that game a lot. That game was buggy as fuck. So I could never finish it. You get to a certain point, And the game would just corrupt. And fuck your save file entirely. Um, and, and this was in the days before. Hooky Game Boy Color cartridges were even common. So I don't think it was a hooky cartridge. I think it was just programmed so jankily. That it would break. <laughs> I remember trying to kill a tyrant with a shotgun. So with different weapons, the cursor on the screen would move either faster or slower to make yeah. to, to represent aiming being more challenging. Yeah, I must have tried three or four times to get through that game, and every time my save file would corrupt, and I'd have to restart it. So I've decided it was just unbeatable. I don't believe <laughs> I actually have the cartridge anymore. Probably not. Resident, Resident Evil Gaiden is one of those that it's never going to be remade either he says knowing that there was a quasi remake on the PS2 under the guise of Resident <laughs> Evil Dead Aim you did beat we, me to that factoid by, by mere moments which we should 100% cover on the podcast at some point because well, I had that game as well yeah. Dead Aim on the PS2 and the joy of that is that you used a gun a gun con to to navigate your character in third person view and then when you went into combat it went into the first person mode and you'd use your light gun to shoot at yeah. your old CRT TV and again janky as fuck and I don't think I ever managed to finish that either you get to a certain point where the jank is just overpowering because that to me I, I never tried Dead Aim but do you remember you remember the Gun Survivor series right which is oh, yes. Resident Evil With Survivor no they did I have got Resident Evil Survivor to play on a, on my emulator, which I am going to get you to play. Uh, not only that, I mean, it reminded me of... Do you remember the Dino Crisis one they did? Dino Storm. Uh, yes, I do. Yeah. yeah. Th this was the golden <laughs> era of video games as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, on the PS2. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, I wonder if I can find that somewhere. And I was like, nah, it's not worth it. It's so not worth it. <laughs> Honestly, we need to just have a whole divergence into first-person shooters or on-rail shooters, especially given there's like two or three Resident Evil games on the Wii, 
which were quasi remakes of the original trilogy just into first person shooters I do yeah. want to do that and listeners if you want us to do that tweet at Dave on, on the tweeter so so then that forces him to make it happen because yes. sometimes he just doesn't want it so moving slowly along in the chat I'm going to paste you a visual element as well and I just want your reactions to it because again I don't think you would have seen this seen this <laughs> this came out around Halloween I've seen this yeah, yeah it, 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 it's an older link but it checks out it is it is so what you've sent me is animated music video for the song Hellraiser uh, which is Ozzy Osbourne and Lemmy Kilmister <laughs> from Motorhead um, yeah that's really cool I have seen this I watched it at the time I was like yes this is yeah. awesome I can't remember it's if it's for one of the Hellraiser films I want to say yes because or oh, whether the think... song was for a film oh I, d- I don't know I'm trying to think when it originally came out which would have been late 80s, early 90s, round about that era. And horror films and horror franchises, like big horror franchises, did at some point, I should probably do a music episode on this actually. According to to the article, Hellraiser was wrote by Lemmy and was contributed as a guest writer to Ozzy's 1991 album No More Tears. Ah, okay. Yeah, because Lemmy did he was a prolific songwriter to be fair a lot of people forget that he just wrote anyway what I was saying was I don't know if it's related to the film because around that time in the 80s and early 90s a lot of horror films like big franchise stables had a tie-in rock song so I don't know if you're aware of this Matt but there's obviously um, Alice Cooper did one which is the man behind the mask I think it's called and that was tied um, to one of the Friday the 13th Nightmare on Elm Street oh that was for Friday the 13th not Nightmare on Elm Street yeah so he I cameoed think... in Nightmare on Elm Street didn't he yeah he, he played uh, Freddy's dad and then there was one for Freddy as well uh, I was going to say the only one that springs to mind right now is the bloody Freddy rap which I put on yeah. the Nightmare on Elm Street 2 episode <laughs> That we well, did. You think even ACDC released a song for a Stephen King film? Um, but this is the thing: when you did your ACDC retrospective, you you skim over so much stuff. It's like you you needed a. I did. I needed a fan. <laughs> yeah, you you needed someone passionate about the topic at hand. Yeah, I I do keep thinking about going back to it actually and looking at it again, but you should because you you missed so much. But, but yeah. anyway, we're, we're we're drifting. We're drifting. We need we need to focus. That's right. We I'm need just to watching. Focus. I'm just watching the music video now because it's finally loaded on my phone. And God, that's badass. Yeah. Well, apparently, with that that revised release of the song, they took the version that Ozzy performed and the version that Lemmy performed in two separate albums and merged them together to make one super version for this 30th anniversary release. See, now that's cool. That's cool. I like that. Circling back to where we started, I'll just throw in a couple of very super brief things. Yeah. I read a Jack Reacher book this month. I read Salem's Lot this month, and I've also read The Tommy Knockers this month. I know we don't normally talk about written works, but I thought it was worth bringing up because I believe that James Wan, he's producing the Tommy Knockers film, which has been announced. But later this year, we're getting a live-action version of Salem's Lot, which is directed and has the screenplay written by Gary Dalberman. Now, Gary Dalberman, famous for writing the It screenplay, The Nun movie, you know, the one with The Nun? Yeah, part of the... the, uh, Annabelle, Annabelle as well. Yeah, I was going to say, it's all part of the Oneiverse, isn't it? Yeah. As it's yep, so he he's doing the Salem's Lot film 
and James yeah. Wan's doing the Tommy Knockers film. Either way, more Stephen King properties more are Stephen turning King. into movies. Yeah. And he is really fussy with his directors and he doesn't give his rights out unless he likes the directors and the writing teams behind the films. So I would assume they'll go down the similar vein as to Doctor Sleep and the It adaptions recently and that they'll be pretty good. Yeah, because the It adaptations are really really good chapter one admit the first film admittedly is much better than the second film have you seen the second yeah. film yet You've, have you seen chapter two no yeah? you because you told me it was shit so I decided not to no no the second one is it's yeah it's not great but the first part yeah. is fucking awesome it's oh yeah I, I did enjoy that really really so good so that's just uh, yeah. Doctor Sleep as well is uh, awesome it's very I'm very good I'm gearing up to watch the director's cut because I hear the director's cut it's about half hour longer, and it's even yeah. better than the theatrical cut. So I'm I'm building up to that. Ooh, well, well, the theatrical tra- cut of that's really strong anyway. And considering that I went in, and I was like, "This is a se- this is a sort of sequel to The Shining," and I don't really like The Shining film. I've never read the book, and I've not seen the. Uh, was it a TV film? Yeah, they did a TV movie. Yeah, because Stephen King did it, didn't he? Because he hates well, the the Kubrick version. I I yeah. don't have a lot of love for the Kubrick version, but I would watch it again. To be honest, maybe that should be an episode on anyone for seconds because I I I watched it when I was like seventeen, eighteen, and it holds up. It's 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 still pretty good. Um, I know what Stephen King issue was is that by casting Jack Nicholson you don't have a gradual descent into madness because from the get go it's Jack Nicholson yeah yeah. Like, I, I can totally get that but I still think it was a pretty solid film and especially now that we know more and more of what happened behind the scenes and just how fucking unhinged Andrew Kubrick was and what he was doing to poor Shelley Duvall yeah. and just the whole filming experience how he went millions and millions over budget and I think he filmed this over like two or three years and was just being a complete uh, I'm going to use the phrase film or toi about this um, but but that just makes it even more fascinating to watch yeah there's there's no denying that he's an auteur but then doesn't excuse the fact that he was a massive dick <laughs> But yeah, Ag- agreed. But it makes it even more interesting to watch. Yeah, it's, it's that, like, was, that was the output of maximum dickness. Yeah, it's like uh, it's very similar to Stephen. Uh, not Stephen. God damn it. Uh, Alfred Hitchcock. Don't know where I got Stephen from. It's very similar to Alfred Hitchcock. He was renowned for being an absolute dick to people on set, making them do hundreds of takes and that. And yet his work is still revered to this day. You know, mm. which is absolutely bonkers, and the poor stuff that uh, you know, oh, I think her name's Tippy Hedren, uh, star of the birds, went through on that well, set. Yeah, Fam- famously was scared of birds and was told there'd be no live action birds in particular scenes. To which Alfred deliberately then went, Right, fuck loads of live action birds on this scene, so I get well, genuine I reactions. Think, like, well, I think we're going to just uh, throw some birds in there to the pretty yeah, quite literally thrown them. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Right, so moving away from that little side trip, but I do think we should come back and talk about novels to film adaptions: the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. So I watched, I watched. Uh, Jackie Chan's Armour of God, the brand new restoration from 88 Films that came out the end of last year. Sweet. Uh, Armour of God is a fucking amazing film. The transfer they've done for this is spectacular. It looks so, so good. It's still got a little bit of the grain and stuff that you're going to have naturally on film anyway, given it was filmed... Uh, I wouldn't say it's early 80s, isn't it? Easily early 80s. Yeah. Yeah, it was, um, it was in that prime period. Can yeah. I ask the important question? Yes. Dubbed or original Cantonese? Uh, I watched the original Hong Kong cut, but I watched it dubbed. Dubbed oh. is not... My, dubbed's not my one of choice. It's purely because I was watching it with mum. <laughs> 
So, so I, like, I, right, I better put it. I better put it on dubbed. So that, okay. Well, so you got an added level of humour there from just cringing at how bad for dubbing is. I'm I'm curious also. Was the soundtrack like a five point one remixed on the dub version, um, or was it the original two point dub? Let's track? have a look. Let's have a look. One of the interesting things that I find with a lot of these restorations is how some of them include the original Hong Kong and English dubs in 2.0, but also sometimes they do a remastered 5.1 track and they'll take the best music, be it from the English or the Hong Kong version, and merge it into a new track so you get the best of both worlds. So and if I say the this... best of both worlds, I'm talking Van Halen and not Miley Cyrus. <laughs> I was just about to start singing Miley Cyrus, God damn it, Hannah Montana. The best of both worlds. No, Van Halen. So, this version has got a 2K remaster of the original Hong Kong Cup, which runs at 98 minutes. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, 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 I see, I see, I see. Right, I understand that now. So it's a hybrid Cantonese-English because they have different options to play a different song at the end. So you could either have Lorelei, which is the one I picked, naturally, because Lorelei is a fucking banger, and Flight of the Dragon. There is also a 5.1 DTS modern mix with Lorelei on it as well. And there is a lot of uh, documentaries and stuff on here as well, as is the way with these boutique labels. What was quite interesting was they had uh, basically a then and now, so they had like uh, photos from the film, but then they've gone to the place recently and they've taken photos what it looks like now. And a lot of the places they took photos of now, it really doesn't look like it's changed at all, which is absolutely fascinating to me, given it was made so long ago and modernisation and such like so tell me then, what was the second film you watched? The second film I watched, you're going to have to forgive me because it is a, I watched it a fair while ago now. I watched a French film. Ooh, yeah. get me. So on Netflix, there is a film called... Uh, fuck, I've forgotten what it's called. <laughs> right. right, shall we move along then? <laughs> It's the new Jean-Pierre Junot film, anyway. If that name sounds familiar to you, it's because he is the guy that directed Alien Resurrection. Right, everybody's just recovered from that statement. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, it was fine. It's not as... I will tell you what it's called. I will tell you what it's called. It's annoying me now. Well, only if you want to. Like, no, no pressure. <laughs> no, I've started now, and I wanna, I wanna, I wanna remember. He started, so he'll finish. I've started, so I shall finish. That's the wrong Jean Pierre. Do you know what? I've lost interest now. I watched the new Jean Pierre Junot film on Netflix. It's fine. It's colourful. It's satire. It's fine. Not as good as his old stuff. Moving along. <laughs> okay. I feel much. I feel so richer for knowing that. Right, are Good. you ready for this list? Right, I have okay. watched many movie films this month. Sorry, two months. So I watched Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman. I watched Ip Man. Yes. I watched Drunken Master 2. I watched yes. Police Story, Police Story 2, Police Story 3. I watched The Kingsman. I watched Shin Godzilla. I watched Death on the Nile. I watched Ocean's 8. I watched Wrath of Man. And there may have been a few other repeats in there, but <laughs> those are the ones I hadn't seen for quite a while. So, of that list, anything to pique your interest? Because I would say from your watch list that technically I've watched Drunken Master twice and Ip Man twice this month because I watched them once by myself and then you popped over. Oh, God, and yes. And watched them both again. And yeah, of course. everybody, brace yourselves, David fell asleep during Drunken Master 2. He fell asleep. <laughs> during the final fight scene where the action is at its actionist. I look yeah. over and this feck is snoring. 
It'd been a long, tiring day. What can I say? And a tiring week. Um, what did he... I'm, I'm curious to hear what you thought about Shin Godzilla. Because I watched it, I think it was about a year ago or so. And I said to you that I will find it and lend it to you. And I finally lent it to you. So what did you think of Shin Godzilla? I really liked it, though it was very peculiar. And I've got a takeaway kind of viewpoint from it. But before I go to that takeaway viewpoint, I thought it was fucking weird how Godzilla started as basically a sea snake turd monster thing. And then would go through accelerated... Um, evolution where it'd grow chicken legs and hop around and then it grew a longer snout and a tail and everything I was like that's interesting but okay I'll go with it but what I really liked about the whole film was just the whole metaphor of the outside world just fucking over Japan you get the Americans come in and basically go vacate Japan you've got 10 days to comply we're just going to nuke for place yeah it's like fucking America <laughs> um, but no everything else I, I really enjoyed about it. I liked some of the new law things they introduced the fact that Godzilla not only did his atomic fire breath but he also did I'm going to call it atomic spine breath where all the spines and ridges on his back would fire out atomic lasers yeah. as well and he was using that to take out airplanes dropping bombs on him I was like, this is really cool. But they did this interesting thing going, because he's a walking nuclear reactor and he draws nuclear energy, which is standard, they were saying that when he overheats, he'll go into like a power saving mode to regenerate or or just sort of rest and recuperate. So it was like a period of 10 days where you just got Godzilla standing in the middle of like Tokyo in like power saving mode. <laughs> and all the scientists are struggling to like recover and um, work out how to defeat him and they defeat him in a very interesting manner but I was fascinated by it but I sent you uh, an image after it where my uh, I noticed that on his tail and like when they're closing shots it looked like he had like mutated people coming out of it yeah. and it's like was his next evolution phase going to be like loads of mini Godzilla human hybrid monster things or what we would have found out in the sequel which I think has been cancelled because Toho wants to do something a little bit different rather than continue yeah I remember you sent me the image and I went wait what I, I completely missed that when I watched it I think it's probably because I was probably so snoring no 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 asleep. there was so much going on with this the subtitles in the first kind of half an hour of that film are absolutely mad am I right I, I didn't I have any issues well it's just the fact that they throw so much at you within kind of the first 10-15 minutes which I haven't got a problem with but if you're a non-Japanese speaker it's a lot to take in because you've got subtitles of the people speaking you've then got subtitles for the titles on locations, the locations, times, yeah. what day it is and all of that no, I, it's I was fine with it. I, I took it all in. I don't have issues. I watch a lot of subtitled stuff, so I'm used to them just being thrown at me at all angles. Yeah. And I don't think I missed anything key. But sort of my takeaway statement with, with um, Shin Godzilla is, man, I wish Toho, Toho had American budget. This film had like a $10 million or $10 million yen budget. And you're like, if this had like a 50 million or 100 million American-sized budget, can you imagine what they would do? <laughs> Rather than yeah. this janky-looking Godzilla monster where a lot of it was CG rather than a man in costume, I'm like, if they had Hollywood money... Well, that's what was in- what I really liked about Shin Godzilla, is that, alright, it's a quasi-reboot, quasi-remake of the original one, fine. I liked... And obviously, there is still moments in this in Shin Godzilla where it is still a bloke in a suit, just with augmented CG on top of it. I love that mm. so much because I mean it. Uh, it is a modern kaiju film. Let, let's not beat about the bush. You expect a bloke in a suit smashing stuff, <laughs> and and he did, and he did, and he did. Oh, oh, did he? But I'm really gutted because I read up. I was reading online about it. I was like, oh, I wonder why they've not done another one yet. You know, 
Um, it seems like they had plans to do a Shin Godzilla 2, but they've scrapped it because guess what they want to do? Monsterverse. Shared Monsterverse. But yeah. it's Toho, so I think that could be interesting. Well, a bit more interesting than because we're going to have a different a different take on a cinematic universe as opposed to the more western take on it. Do you know what I mean? It's it'll be yeah. interesting to see how it's different and how how you know. But then I, I we got talking to about um Gamera, didn't we? Um yeah, I I still need to watch mm. the Gamera box sets I've got. I'm still waiting for the Criterion collection, Godzilla collection to come down in price because I'm not paying 150 pounds for no, no, the, no, um, no. The, not for that. No, if it if it comes down to like seventy or eighty, I might consider it. But one hundred and fifties, nah, nah, Definitely. fam, I'm good. I keep it. So, so what else from my list appealed to you? Um, would you like another run through what it was? I mean, Ip Man's good. We liked Ip Man. Mm. Ip Man was fantastic, actually. Have you have you gone in for the sequels yet? I've I've already seen. So in the past, I'd seen Ip Man and Ip Man Two. Yeah. I haven't seen it, man, three or four, because they were okay. coming out in quick succession, and I was concerned about quality drop. We should probably explain what Ip Man is to, to the listeners, um, in case they don't know. So, so Ip Man um, famously um, Wing Chun teacher, and he taught Bruce Lee, as well as many other famous people over his long life. So this film is sort of a fictionalised well it's got to be fictionalised to a huge degree recount of his life which shows him uh, as a martial arts teacher before World War Two, his life during World War Two when Japan invaded China um, and then sort of showing what life was like during the subjugation to the Japanese um, and then the film ends with him sort of escaping and relocating to Hong Kong which is where the sequels pick up yeah. but so pre World War Two, it shows there there's like this martial arts street in this town where there's all these schools and they're all they're like um, what I'm gonna call Mac Dojos, where you just look at them and you just pay money and the teachers you're like you don't know martial arts and, and it's just nonsense. But a gang comes to town to challenge all the masters to see if they're worthwhile fighters to then either open a school or just take over town. I'll pay. I'll pay, yeah, the I'll pay guy. He basically <laughs> bats the shit out of everybody. He's really disappointed. And then he goes to challenge um, Ip Man, who doesn't have a school, doesn't teach people, who's just hanging out in his house, just practicing and being a pretty chill dude. And, like, he brings the whole town down to challenge Ip Man, who then invites him in, shuts the door, says, we'll spar. And this guy starts trashing his house, keep, and as he's breaking stuff, he's like, I'll pay, I'll pay for it. And you see, he's like, it man's toddler sung cycle into the room on like a little tricycle saying mum says if you don't start fighting all our possessions can be destroyed then you just see this switch flipping it man's head where he then pummels the shit out of um yeah th this challenger and it's great but then when you get to the world war Two, it's subjugated it shows him living in poverty yeah but there's like this japanese dude who's general uh who's general holding martial arts tournament or something yeah yeah and he's holding martial arts tournaments so you see like Chinese martial artists fighting Japanese martial artists to win a bag of rice uh, and mm. people are getting beaten to death there and you just see when Ip Man gets there and finds one of his friends who's been beaten to death he's like I'll fight 10 people and then 10 people get up at once and he just takes them all on at once and it's, it's great. brutal and because the, the, the thing with Wing Chun is that it was developed and practiced by a woman originally so everybody in this is like super macho going oh yes well how how good can Win Chun be it was developed by a woman and you watch this guy fighting and you're like very effective <laughs> yeah um, it is it is uh, it's superb fantastic film. it man is great I mean I don't I don't really know a lot about uh, Hong Kong cinema and kind of martial arts and things like that so I kind of went into it like I say, not really knowing a lot, and Donnie Yen is just fucking fantastic. What a great, what a great role that is, and how good is he at martial arts? And 
I believe you know, he he's... trained with either the son or the grandson of Ip Man for damn near a year to learn Wing Chun to a sufficient degree where it'd be convincing on screen. So he didn't just come in and do any old martial arts or phone it in. He actually yeah. took time and become a really dedicated practitioner of Wing Chun so he could perform it on screen the way of which he felt it deserved. I was going to say as well, because isn't there that, that story of um, Bruce Lee on set and he's doing all of the the martial arts and stuff and they've deliberately told him to slow down because it's not picking up on the camera oh yeah that was when they were doing um, what was that, that Into the Dragon show, the Green Hornet or something no it was oh, Green, Green Hornet, Hornet it? It was oh like, it was the Green Hornet wasn't it like yeah. he turned up on set and they wanted him to be a casual thing but he just tore up the set and they couldn't film him because he was so quick and he was smashing stuff and jumping through the air and they were just like we wasn't expecting yeah actual goodness but you can't. But I bring that up because when you're watching it, man, you're like, yeah, this this, this he, fucking martial art is well, fantastic. The, it's, the way he was throwing his punches was ridiculously yeah. quick, and that. And just there like, was a couple of places when I was watching, it, I was like, he actually hit that guy. There's no way that that was faked. He hit that guy, and it hurt him. <laughs> oh yeah. So the thing that you'll find with Asian cinema, it's filmed very differently to American cinema. Yeah. The American cinema, they'll cut away before a strike occurs. In yeah. Asian cinema, no, no, they, 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 they're stunned people get hit. They, they, yeah, they film that here. They don't take away. They let the impact happen and that. Definitely, yeah. Again, like I say, I don't really know a lot about martial arts, and like I say, my only real exposure to it is literally <laughs> like later Jackie Chan films would he eventually come over to to Hollywood and such like and yeah just going back and wa- watching this and this is early 2000s isn't it it's just kind uh, of no this like, was 2008 wow. this was oh, 2008. 2008 oh wow I thought it was early 2000s wow okay no nope. um so I forgot to say that I also watched Rush Hour oh and how does Rush Hour hang uh stand up hold up yeah mm. probably not well I would admit mm. <laughs> no, there's like the key scene where Jackie Chan drops the N word with a soft A at the end because he's imitating oh. um, what's his mate uh, uh, the bar Chris Tucker. Uh, oh. Yeah, and Chris yeah. Tucker I find ridiculously infuriating as standard when he's not in the Fifth Element because <laughs> I just think of I just think of him as Ruby again. Yeah, so you don't mind him in in the Fifth Element because it's so hyper re- just hy- running around screeching everywhere. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of so hyper and, and wacky. Yeah, in, anyway, you don't mind that. Rush Hour did not like the best bits were actually reshoots. So th- there's a fight scene at the end where Jackie Chan's trying to defend like ancient vases from being smashed by attackers and aggressors. Um. Because essentially the plot of the film is that uh, a Hong Kong crime lord has been stealing Chinese artifacts before the British um, return Hong Kong to China rule. And all of this stuff is stolen and he ends up in America and, you know, plot happens. So Jackie Chan's trying to protect these ancient antiques whilst fighting off these people with machine guns and that. And that whole sequence was a reshoot. Because the, the 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 film produced, the test audiences went there wasn't much Jackie Chan doing Jackie Chan stuff in this and I'm like wait so we didn't even have the one scene of him doing cool martial arts protecting stuff in a Jackie Chan style until test audiences. Uh, so are you aware of Tool the band Tool? Uh, uh, I've heard of them. Uh, are you aware of uh what kind of music they do? So it's kind of long meandering proggy metal art rock kind of thing I certainly am okay so this is a video of uh, Maynard uh, I've forgotten his name his name is definitely Maynard so this is a video of the lead singer caught behind stage during an instrumental section of one of their shows playing Jenga okay because the instrumental sections are just so long at their shows he's decided to take on Jenga um, yeah, do we make it that? <laughs> that is a very subtle way of expressing to the band that they need to hurry the fuck up. 
to be honest, I don't think he minds probably given all the amount of money he probably gets from Tool anyway. Tool are one of those really weird bands where they're from an era where you didn't have to do interviews or anything and their music would sell like hot shit. Do they have interest in album covers? Um, yes, they do. They do. There we are then. If you got a good album cover, you'll sell a lot. <laughs> and then I've got one very, very final thing to send you because that was a nice little one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, how I kind of went into this a little bit on the uh, Now podcast that went out uh, about a week ago at the time of recording about streaming services and how little kind of bands get paid for streaming and such like. Hmm. And for the record, my entry point was now 1999, and I still have that CD, and it is awful. <laughs> ah, good to know, good to know. So this this band has decided, do you know what? We're going to play the system. Uh, I just want you to read the headline for me to, to our dear listeners. The headline reads... Spotify plans to change playlist rules after band released album with 1,000... 30 second songs yeah <laughs> so this band basically turned around and said we don't like the way Spotify do things they get paid a band will get paid X amount per song on an album and it has to be at least a minimum of 30 seconds this band turned around and went fuck it we'll just do an album of a thousand songs and we'll get paid like we probably should <laughs> which I think is absolutely brilliant because it's a it's a fantastic protest and middle finger to Spotify to say fuck you yeah uh, that's that's amusing oh yeah 100% Any, anyone that does that is, is alright with me <laughs> yeah uh, no that sounds pretty solid to me I like that <laughs> yeah. yeah after that nice visual interlude I'd now like to discuss TV that I've watched. I have watched three seasons of South Park, one season of Peacemaker, and The Book of Boba Fett. And I've also now watched three seasons of Hercule Poirot from the 80s and 90s from ITV1 in the UK. (laughs) Consume the media. Consume it all. Book of Boba Fett. I can tell that was filmed during COVID times. Oh, yeah. There's not many people in most Icely Spaceport, I can tell you that. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, you can, you, can, you can really tell with stuff now when, you, when it was all filmed, kind of lockdown and COVID and, and such. Like You're like, yeah, this is kind of showing people are standing like six foot apart away from each other and stuff (laughs) it's really questionable Um, whereas conversely I also which I forgot to mention I watched the first season of Jack Reacher the new Amazon TV special prime special developed show thing oh that's fucking great it's an adaption of the first book The Killing Floor um, right. And it's great. They've cast a, an actor that's six foot five, rather than four foot ten, to play the <laughs> six foot eight Jack Reacher. Um, so, you, like visually and physically, he's there. Story wise, it was there. I really enjoyed. I, I started on a Friday night and I finished it Friday night. I watched all wow. eight episodes in one sitting because I consume media. Wow, that's um, yeah. So if yeah, you like wow. <laughs> big people doing punchy punches and shooty shooties, I recommend it. He's like, I'm going to give you to the count of three. He goes, one, two, and on the count of two, he headbutts this guy and rams his <laughs> head into a wall and starts elbowing the side of his face. Excellent. You know, and that is the key way to avoid sudden physical assault in prison of the bot-bot kind. You assert dominance. Hmm. Oh, I see, I see. And then he turns to the other people in the gang and goes, You owe us a pair of glasses. Now get out of my cell. <laughs> I, I, I like 
those surprisingly I did like those Tom Cruise films. Um, I might watch this then. In that case, you you should if because um, again, going back to that book versus TV slash film adaptions, this is a really good adaption of what was the first Jack Reach novel, which is what catapulted Lee Child to to the heights of which he attained. And Lee Child is all right. for your all right, benefit. Then. All right, all right, all right, all right. So, what are the best book to film adaptations then go on well no i think we need a whole episode on this topic because we're 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 about an hour and 20 now we, we don't have the time because i would now like to introduce you to my final talking point okay right we can I'm, tease, gonna we can rail, tease. I'm gonna railroad all over you now are you ready for Ew. this no you can't have seen this trailer Ew! don't railroad yeah. over me that's disgusting yeah. you can't have seen this first. trailer because they only posted it three hours ago. Okay. Would you okay, would you let ago. would you like to let the audience know when you're ready and I will read the title of this trailer? Oh shit son. <laughs> so the title of this trailer is The Unbearable Weight of My Massive Talent. And this is the trailer for the Nicolas Cage film where Nicolas Cage plays Nicolas Cage. I would now like you to watch and enjoy this Red Band trailer. I've seen the first trailer for this and loved it. Um, I don't think you were so keen on it, but yeah, let's uh, let's let's view this. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. What's the worry here, Nick? You've lost some of your talent as an actor. No. <laughs> Lion's Cage presents. What did you okay. say? Tell the trades, it was a tremendous honor to be a part of storytelling and myth-making. Ah, fuck, man, I'm driving through the hills. I'm sorry, one more time. <laughs> we got another offer. It's a million bucks. It's to attend a wealthy gentleman's birthday party. I would never do that. It's only Patrick Harris. You play yourself. What do we know about this guy anyway? Is he into something strange? It's not like he's gonna launch you. Is it Pedro Pascal as well? Yeah, is isn't it? Yeah. I wouldn't think so. Welcome to Mallorca, Mr. Cage. The guy that owns this house, what's his name? Javi. Is Javi gonna want me to uh I am Javi. Nick Cage. <laughs> God, this place is stunning. What is your favorite movie? That's one of those questions that's impossible to answer. You can't just limit it to one. Imagine oh my God, I hope we get full cage rage in this. Much. Okay. Is this supposed to be me? It's grotesque. I'll give you 20,000 for it. <laughs> it's Nick Cage and face off. That's mad. What is this? I think that's the actor Nick Cage. Nick Cage? I love you. Have you seen Cruise 2? I'm 44 years old. Why the fuck would I see Cruise 2? <laughs> I've seen Face Off and Con Air. I'm kicking the dog. What do you guys want? We're with Central and Town. I've seen Cruise 2. You know it's not that good. To One of be the fair. most ruthless men on the face of this planet. I need you to help the U.S. government. Let's kill this. Find a way into that room, Nick. I can see myself doing more of this stuff. I think I might have a real gift for it. Good, because we got another mission for you. No, 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 no. Your friend is working for the U.S. government. Don't lie to me. Are those my golden guns? They're my golden guns. I don't want to kill you. You're the last person I want to kill. I love you. I love you. I'm Nick Excellent. That's had the desired effect. Uh, 
wow. <laughs> oh, that's um that's a film that's coming out and, and it exists and I'm going to be there first day to see it because hell yes <laughs> that's a film that fucking exists that I didn't know I wanted but I do want um yeah I wow. don't think there's much more to say other than that is there shall we just wrap up and just let that just, just let that remain yeah um okay yeah we let's let's wrap up from that because that cannot be topped or be better because it's nick fucking cage <laughs> you heard the man everybody Jesus. that's been your side order you greedy greedy boys head over onto twitter at anyone podcast to keep the conversation going we're also on Facebook, so search for us. You may or may not find us, depending on suckers. Long considerations and rambles can be sent via email to anyoneforseconds at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave us a like, rating, or review on your podcast platform of choice because it helps us grow the podcast to reach a larger audience.